0: I always wondered what the Perry family farm was like, where my grandmother and her five brothers grew up.
1: I'm Carl Perry.
0: I am Louise Perry.
1: My name is Lawrence Perry. My full name is uh, Richard Arnold Perry. George Nelson
2: Perry. William L. Perry. My nickname is Bill.
0: This is the Perry Farm a family oral history podcast about six siblings' experience growing up on a farm in Chatham, New Hampshire, during the mid-20th century.
3: What the town was like? Well, wow, it was all, all farms, and that's why I said that there was no traffic, but it was all farms and all the people that lived in town that's what they did. They farmed, okay? They had cows. Uh, they did maple syrup. Uh, they'd raise like pumpkins and stuff and, and that's what they sold, you know what I'm saying? And they stayed home and I don't know when they, they probably went shopping every two weeks and stored up enough stuff to go two weeks. They'd go out of town, you know, once every two weeks. And, and so there was very little traffic and they were all all farmers, and, and, and they were real neighbors. I mean, they, like when you was kids, you were going down by with a fish pole. I remember one time, Hanscom's lived over here on the top of this little hump that you come over, that farm there. Uh, she, she'd call you in, give you a glass of uh, homemade root beer, and some cookies.
0: Tell me about moving to the farm and the family's background before the farm in Chatham.
4: Well, we were all born in North Conway at the Memorial Hospital. Even Bill, who was born on the farm, um, because it was much later. But all of us before Bill were born born at the hospital in North Conway, and we lived up this way. So um, my parents, the last house before... um, moving to the farm was this little house which had originally been belonged to my father's brother robert who was killed in world war 2 my mother um when she was 13 her father and family moved to the west side road and um bought they bought and and commercially farmed the large uh farm on the west side road uh, which is owned by the hussies now Um, but I believe my grandparents probably owned it until at least 1965, which is, would have made them both 65, so that's probably when it changed hands. Um, so all the time I was growing up, the farm was there, and we often visited, um, had family reunions and stuff there. So my dad actually, um lived right next door in a house right down the road next door to the farm, worked for my grandfather at times, and my, so that's how my mom and dad met. I have the original check. This is obviously a copy. So um, June 30th, 1955 is when my father wrote the check to Jean uh, Fernandes, who owned a bank, Conway Bank, Carroll County Trust Company, and that was a full payment I don't know if they put money in that before that I'm not, I, I you know but it was three thousand dollars so um prices have changed yes and so in terms of moving to the farm in Chatham um I once tried writing a story about um that I made up about how we ended up in Chatham which has nothing to do had nothing really to do with reality It was my romantic notion and um mom had told a story that at one point my twin brother and I had somehow gone out to the road and when she went to rescue us we had gone in separate directions of course but as you can tell we're still here so apparently she was successful in saving us from traffic Um, so I think that was one of the underlying things didn't want to raise kids out on this busy uh, highway road Um, and my father had had when he was in Vermont. Apparently, at one point, the family had been involved in farming there. Um, I believe they lost it during the depression. The farm, the family farm, um, but he had some there. And of course, my mother, having been part of this big farm, and she really liked the farm, and she actually worked. She, she was happily worked with her father, you know, as part as doing things, things whether it's milking cows or whatever. So, I think they both had an interest in in a farmhouse um and as I understand it, my grandmother my dad's mother um had when he, when her father died had come into some money, and she um helped finance the place in chatham i think that that may have that may have propelled the actual date um Talk about a lot. We do know that she was involved in in that money-wise, but they were looking for a place to take this house full of kids and themselves and they um, they liked the idea of farming of Doing the farming and they had skills to start with Um, so um, Like I said that happened this check was written on the last day of June in 1955 so um i believe we would have moved over there right then you know like the first of july 55 i was um i was seven i was seven at the time and going into second grade and it was a, it was previously a farm it had been there uh, the i would say the the place was at maybe turn of the century or a little earlier so prior to the house was had a history i believe of uh, being there probably since at least eighteen ninety in the late eight, late eighteen hundreds, um, and it had been owned by a few different people, I believe, uh, and it it had a farm with a big barn, and a silo, and twenty two acres behind the um, house.
5: I don't know if you've ever seen A. B. Your great great-ear is your great grandfather, mm. my grandfather. Yeah, fee. he died when he was like uh, 41 he got pneumonia he drank not all the time but they he and Graham would party back you know and they moved all we come from over on the other side of the state over by Haverhill and uh, North Woodstock and down um, Warren all up that whole side all the all the kids. I didn't bring a picture, but I got a picture of all five of my father and uncles. They were all. Uh, Dad was born in Vermont. Charlie was born in Haverhill. Um, Philip was born down in uh, Alton. Um, Steve was born. I don't know where he was born. I did know. And. Uh, you know they were born all over the place over there, so they were always moving. And what they did is lived on farms. And uh, they, um, my grandfather Fee, he worked for the railroads, and uh, so they were moving wherever the work was. It might be in all one one year, the next year it'd be up in Warren, and then Haverhill, and up into um, Vermont. Um, I'm trying to think of the towns, I can't now. Um, and uh, so that's that's the way we all come. from. We got over here, ended up over in Chatham, and, and how we got over there, we all lived out on March Hill, out beyond Bill's place, going up the hill. They had a chicken wire fence for us and keep us lined in, because we were, we, were, we were all on high, all the time. And uh, so Lawrence dug out from under the fence, and the weeds went out, and they went down the road, and I hollered for mom, and she come out and see them headed down the driveway, and of course they ran went right out into Route 16, one went north and one went south, and then a car came. So that was the end of our living out on March Hill. They, they'd been looking for a farm, and um, anyhow, and uh, so Dad knew Weston over there, John Weston, which is now Weston's farm stand. So he he went there and talked to them. They said they had a farm up in Chatham. We went up and looked at it, and they, uh, with Jean Fernandez and uh, Dad, they sold them the house that we lived in on my show. Graham give them some money, and we we got the um, we got the farm free and clear, and. uh. We moved there on July Fourth weekend, and, and uh, that's where we've been for better than 50 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, I was only I was only five years old uh, when we moved over there, and I can remember when we moved in. It was kind of uh, as a kid. It was kind of First, when it was kind of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of spooky, like or something, to me, it was a, uh, you, you know, you went in. There was old, old chairs and stuff like that. There was that had been left there from the, uh, you know, owners that owned it before. I think it, old Lula, Lou, his name was old Lou Emerson, I think that owned the farmhouse before. Uh, your grand, great grandfather bought it. he got get it off when George Weston had bought the uh, farmhouse before he, um, bought it, but, uh, uh, uh George Weston had, hadn't done anything to it. He did, it was just, when he bought it, it was just sitting there, you know what I mean? And, uh, old Louisville Emerson, they, uh, moved out, or had passed on, or something—I don't know—just a whole s- scoop on that part of it. But so I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, all in all, I mean, I had some, you know, real good times over there. You know, I mean, we you know, some. There was, you know, bad times and stuff, whatnot, tough times. You know, and, you know, we made made it through. We. Uh, <laughs> Well it's made it soon.
0: Can you describe the farm and the house where you grew up in Chatham?
4: I can I can show you a picture which well, um, but it's a big um, center front uh, colonial with a big barn. So the big house um, connected to sheds that led to the barn itself, and in the sheds there was a um, it was inside, but there was a two-stool outhouse. It had a big sweeping um, porch all the way around it when we when we first were there, which my dad eventually took took down. It was in poor shape, plus it kept the sun from coming in but it had a wraparound porch um, and it was, I would say it was five bedrooms, four bedrooms, five bedrooms, um, you know, big, big kitchen with a pantry, big dining room next to a good sized living room, a little off the dining room was a, was a small, medium sized which is where my parents' bedroom was off the living room. There was another small room, which, um, at, at, later on in my high school years I, I was in that room and then the second floor had three three bedrooms upstairs so there were five bedrooms um, with closets and stuff and then when you went out from the house in, into the shed area that's when you could go out where the outhouse was if you needed to um, which we did at some we did when the in, indoor plumbing we only had one bathroom. So, sometimes you needed to go out there. And it, it, it you would walk out, and there was a lower level, so that's where all the wood was stacked. And um, there was a lot of wood cut for winter for the wood stoves, and so wood would be stacked there. And then there was a little up, upper level, too, where um, for years my mom had chickens up there. And that just led on out into the barn where you would have the hay miles and then you'd move out where all the stanchions were and um, all that stuff. And, of course, there was a a dirt basement under here um, where um, mom and dad could do root vegetables and things like that 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 had the damp, the cooler air. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was a little, I guess we called that the milk house. This was actually a little structure here. Um, And then there was another... Um, basement on inside here in off the d- dining room where my mom had shelves and shelves and all the canned stuff all the canned goods and all that kind of stuff.
5: Well the house the house was used in that and I'm going to tell you the house was old horsehair plaster yeah there's the bad in the house well all these bedrooms it's pretty awesome used to be a porch that went all the way across the house and around to this other end. And all these um, bedrooms up in there were all horsehair plastered with laths. I don't know if you know what I mean. They had split boards. Boards all split up. And then they put the horsehair plaster on. And uh, a lot of it, because when we got in the rain had rotted and some of it all out so there were big holes. We kept we kept chickens out this part over here. And these bedrooms here are ours. You can look right out through the wall, right into the right out into the chicken <laughs> we uh tell you it was cold. <laughs> we had these old fur coats that that marriage sent us something we used them for on our blankets and in the morning boy I'm going to tell you we'd get right down behind that kitchen stove and Mom would have a fire going we'd get right in there and warm up oh yeah different than it is today oh my word and then there was an ice house over in the back here it was all rotted in but the soda stuff was there they they'd go down on uh, on the ponds down on the intervals and uh, cut the ice and bring it all up in. That's what they used the ice fill that ice house all up. And that's how they kept their milk cool. This here was this here was the milk room in the here, and they they'd lug that ice in keep their milk cool. Yeah, What well, different is today. I can tell you. Oh yeah. We grew up as free as free as you could be. As kids we'd be off nobody know where we were. Um but we always come back for dinner or <laughs> supper and uh and we um uh, we made up our own games and up. um, I don't know if you a new Graham. Graham's in, that's my car. She was quite the rig. And there we are. That's the five of us. I mean, Billy comes along, tells the stories that he was, you know, all this and that, but he tells it from listening to us. He wasn't even born. <laughs> So I get on him once in a while, but um, we um, we were um, in the barn, up in the hay mounds, we, um, we uh, jumped into the silos. Um, we made up parachutes and went up the top of the barn and jumped down, see if they'd hold us. <laughs> We did stuff like that. And then one Christmas we got a toboggan for Christmas. And we were pretty tickled. We took went all the way up the field and we, because we watched the Olympics and stuff. And uh, we took a shovel and built us a trail curved up around all the way to the top of the hill we went down the brook there and took peels of water and lugged them up, iced the banks all down. We had a right glass ice, and we'd walk up to the top of that hill, we'd all get on that toboggan, and we'd. it was awesome. We could, down through there, we'd go. Then Olin had a double runner sled our next door neighbor, Olin Lusky, and up he'd come. He was older than we were, but he was a hellbird, and <laughs> <laughs> up he'd come and we'd uh, we'd uh, line the two of them right up side by side and race down through there. And they had an old dog, pal. Pal would get out in front of us and run right over him. Couldn't <laughs> we couldn't do nothing about it. We tried to tell him to stay out of the way, but he'd he'd be right in front of us back and
3: Yeah, those were the days. It was a very different era of living than what it is today, okay? There was none of this uh, type of stuff, no computers, no nothing. Um, as far as TV, we had two channels. And, um, um, so we basically made up things to do. Um, um, we wasn't much to sit inside the house, okay? We was out doing something most of the time. Not saying that we didn't set it in the house, but I mean, we've had different times that, uh, uh, like, we, most of the time we made our own guns, bows, arrows. We used to go frog hunting and snake hunting down in the swamp, down behind the house where the brook, little brook ran through. And we used to shoot frogs. I mean, you might get one frog out of 20 shots because, I mean, they weren't. Modernized arrows. It was just something we made up. Um, the string on our bows, we it was bailing twine rope that they bailed hay with. Okay, that's how the type of stuff. But that's what we made. And, and then as we got a little older, we took um, we watched a you know a movie on TV that was doing the um, breech loader stage where you had to break you know break your gun down to put a bullet in and and so we cut alders and sawed them part way down through and split them so it would break down. Then we took a drill and drilled a hole in the end of it. And there used to be a shooting range over on the stove roll, which uh, they were M1 grains, which is the same thing as a 30 odd six. And we would take the casing, and you'd have to put the empty casing in your hole, snap it up before you could fire to shoot your enemy. <laughs> Uh, I don't think too many kids would think up, you have the ingenuity to think up. Carl and Lawrence one time whittled out uh, pistols that, outside of they weren't black, but they were, looked just like a real gun. They, you know, that's how much patience we took.
0: did you view your parents when you were growing up and what was their relationship like?
2: My parents, Herbert Perry, my father and Claire or Elizabeth Claire Perry, my mother. Um, I was, uh, a late comer to the family. I'm 10 years younger than my closest sibling. And, uh, my parents had five children in five years. And then, uh, you know, save the best for last. So, uh, ten years later, uh, I was born in May, which I always joked that it was probably a cool fall evening um, that uh, that uh, I came about. But uh, so, yeah, I was uh, I was born ten years later than the rest of my family. Um, I actually am the only one that my parents were living at the farm when I was born. I my mother went to North or Memorial Hospital to have me, um, which at that point in time they spent a lot of time in the hospital. I think mom spent at least five days. There was complications with the birth. I um, had the jaundice, yellow jaundice during the time. Um, but uh, that all worked out. And uh, so my growing up on the farm was uh, almost uh, a semi um, only child after a certain point of time. Obviously, my oldest brother was 15. The closest brother to me was 10. So um, when I get to a point where I realized what was going on and, and knew and so forth, many of the members of my, my siblings were out of the house or doing their own thing. So um, but growing up on the farm, my father at that time was older. Um, he was in construction. He built a uh, he built houses and, uh, I, uh, I worked on the farm as a kid doing chores. Uh, that was, uh, it was a necessity. I also played sports in high school, had to come home, uh, after school and do, uh, do the assigned chores, fill the wood box, uh, take care of whatever animals we had at a point in time. My father used to give me a hard time, said you couldn't eat baseballs and footballs during the winter when things were cold. So, but, uh. It all got done. Um, You know, like I said, my father was uh, older at the time. So the farm had, uh, prior to, like I said, prior to me knowing really what was going on earlier, they had a bunch of Jersey cows and did a bunch of things. So when I came along, it was more my father was into raising veal calves, trading them, uh, raising some chickens and, and the eggs and taking the eggs uh, when he went to work, delivering the eggs. Um, my mother made butter from from uh, some of the, the milk, then she sold the butter off. That was uh, the basic part of the farm, and then it evolved into he raised a very, very large garden, sold vegetables, um, and then his hobby was trading animals. That's kind of neat. I'm in sales, and uh, he was the epitome of the old time uh horse trader we would leave on a you know i was very young we leave on a saturday morning with the truck and and you know a goat and a and a, a pig and we would stop at multiple places trading during the day and having many different animals during the day and ending up coming home with a, a pony and uh you know some uh, some sheep or goats or something or chickens so i think that uh He did it as a semi-livelihood, but also more of as a hobby.
4: Obviously, as kids, we, you know, um, there were a lot of us. So, um, um, my mom was the, was the main centerpiece of the home. She was, um, you know, worked at, worked at home as the family manager and caretaker. And my dad, um, he did work out not uh not on a always every week but he worked out on sometimes on regular jobs or on odd jobs and um so they were they both did the farming um strict no i wouldn't call it strict my dad was probably strict with the boys but um i think it was pretty it was pretty um you know we are pretty much allowed to, to do what we needed to do.
1: great uh, grandmother was because she couldn't drive, so she was basically home all the time. She had to, uh, you know, she had uh, done what she could do. She uh, made sure her, her, all the clothes was uh, out of the six of us. All the clothes was clean, washed, the bedding was all. Done, we, when we got ready to go to bed and stuff like that, you know, she, she, uh, done all that stuff and, and um, uh, 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 washed it in an old wash wa- 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 sheet or whatever like that and, and, uh, uh, rung it out and, and uh, I, am you know, she had a clothesline, I made up a big clothesline for her and she hung everything out, sheets and, all your clothes and towels and things like that,
4: you know, to take showers with and stuff. So she's done all that for, you know, five uh, kids. Well, um, dad, dad didn't talk much about World War II, but between mum and um, others, um, there were stories about, you know, the wartime. Um, dad was in the navy. And um, he lost a brother in World War II just before the war ended, actually. Um, And uh, my dad had a nervous breakdown at the end of the war. He was in the Philippines. I still have the telegram somewhere upstairs. I have the telegram that my dad got while he was in the war um, zone saying, brother killed, mother doing fine. That's basically all it said was... Brother killed, mother doing fine. Um, so um, so those stories circulated in terms of um, um, we know about it, so I don't know who filled in all the details on that. Um, Dad didn't talk about it a lot, but he did talk about it. Um, um, and it was another reason he probably wanted to be on a farm. He wanted to be away from um, places where the stress level was higher in terms of all the confusing and contracting things that can go on um there was a story about uh, my mom and dad um, getting married and so these two two people um, dad was dad was uh, 19 and my mother was 18 and they wanted to get married and my grand parents my grandfather in particular was not happy about it, and they actually refused to go they didn't they didn't support it at all, so of course they still got married um and one of dad's dad's brother and wife, i guess um stood up for them and i am assuming they just went to wherever the town clerk is here was here at the time, probably Senator Conway and um got married um february twenty eighth nineteen forty two maybe My mother was yeah 12 take away 8 take away 4 is eight yeah 1942
5: mom and dad they uh at first when they first got married dad went to uh the war over in over in um uh, the pacific um and he um he, when he heard that his brother, um, was k- killed in Germany, it, um, it made him very, um, um, well, I don't know the right words, um, but he was, um, Mentally, he could, he didn't handle it well. And then uh, <clears throat> nobody could find out where he was because Mom was trying to find him. And Uncle Steve found him. Uncle Steve was in the logistics in the Army, and he found where he was in Texas. So Mom, you know, they grew up here in North Conway over on the west side. And so mom uh, uh, got on a train and went to Texas and found him, and uh, they brought him home. And so mom, uh, dad was tough, but mom was the queen of the roost. She was real happy-go-lucky and um, laughed. And she loved making uh, clothes and taking care of the farm and um, canning and all that. Boy, his
6: mom was always a workaholic. She was always on the go working. And uh, as kids, we just, because we had like Wonderland, when you're a young kid, you got snow, we got the outdoors, fishing, hunting, we had everything right there because we had to do our farm shows and stuff, which wasn't really much. We thought it was, but it wasn't much. <laughs> we had a lot, we had big mom did most of the work. <laughs> and dad, he was, because dad was, mom always, to me, mom always used dad as the authority. She always let him be, she was the one that really run the show, but she always had dad as the head of the house and wait till dad comes home or something like that. But mom was the one that did all the discipline and everything else. But she always respected uh, my father as he's the head of the house. That was the first thing that was driven in our heads. He had the front of the table to sit every night when we ate our meals and all that. So, Mom, she was just a hard, hard worker because she grew up on a farm, so she was a hard worker. But us kids, because she made all our clothes and everything, we we never left Chatham until we went to high school. Every time we got out, once in a while we went to ride with with uh, parents up to the farm or something on the west side, or to go fishing with Dad or something. But otherwise, now we're pretty much stuck right in Chadham. So, but to us, we didn't know any different.
2: I know that my brothers tell stories of how hard my father was to them. Um, he wasn't that hard. I shouldn't say he wasn't that hard. He was, maybe I watched what was, and I learned from them and I was smart enough not to do the same things that they did. (laughs) So, so maybe, but I think he, he tempered himself, uh, later in life as, as, you know, he got older as, um, they got more sustainable I think times were really tough when they were a young family and together first over there on the farm I think you know they both had to work they live in daylights out of each other and and the kids had to work it was you know um, did I have to do my chores sure I had to do chores and be a part of that again growing up I would go Friday nights would be my father would come home from work uh, pick my mother up I would go we would go to, to Conway to the A and P store, grocery shopping. Um, that was the Friday night uh, outing. Maybe once in a while, later, again later when I was you know a young teenager, they would go to McDonald's. Was would be the treat, and Mum's favorite sandwich at McDonald's was a fillet of fish, and that's what she would get. And I to even later in life. I take mom up over here. Oh, we'll just stop at McDonald's. and She would get a fillet of fish. and, and it's just uh, just the way the way it was. So, so yeah, mom and dad, I think, had a a great relationship. They're very respectful of each other. Um, obviously, uh, I was away. Uh, he passed away in nineteen eighty three at sixty years old, which is fairly young. Um, and uh, I was twenty uh, when he passed away. You know, they didn't travel. They didn't. Uh, Go do a lot of things. They worked the farm. That was their their relationship was the working the farm and raising their family.
0: What crops and animals did you have, and how did you contribute to working on the farm? Uh,
1: of course, your great grandfather he always had a big garden, of that's where I uh, basically uh, you know picked up the garden, because I, I kind of hung around him more, I guess, than the rest of the uh, you know, the rest of my uh, brothers and family, I kind of uh, you know, stuck with the old man more, and, and uh, I guess probably helped out more or something on the farm, I you know, I <laughs> you know, we he had a big garden too, and, and we dug potatoes and put them in the cellar, and you know, lugged them down, put them in the cellar. We had uh, one year to get uh, to get us all through the uh, winter and everything. Then he had something like 54 bushel that he put into a potato bed down, down, down in the cellar in the in the farmhouse part of it, he built a uh, he built a big potato bin there that I don't know was three feet wide by maybe um, eight, eight feet long and then they uh, eight feet long and probably four or five feet tall. And we filled that right full of uh, uh, potatoes to get, you know to get us through the winter. You know, and your great grandmother made uh, you know breads and, and uh, homemade biscuits and stuff like that. You know, they but but you had to buy the, they had, had to get money enough to buy the flour and stuff like that. You know, of course, uh, father back then was, was uh, uh, you know he worked worked in the sawmills and things like that. We you know sawed wood on the farm then split it. And, And he'd uh, bring home slabs of birch wood and stuff like that uh, uh, in his old old, old pickup there. We'd have to, uh, he'd work all day long, you know, and fill up his pickup with birch slabs and that stuff, bring it back back up the shed. We, uh, We had to go out and unload the... we mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I uh, tap, tapped the maple trees over there, boiled down maple syrup, and, and uh, put them in uh, a little pint jars and sold them to the campus. And I had uh, 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 all, all kinds of nice... Uh, I, I planted uh, all kinds of uh, red potatoes, so when they came up, I had all kinds of nice... Uh, I used to dig them about inch round potatoes and 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 uh, i'd uh, put them in little uh, strawberry baskets and sell them that way on the stand and and I had pumpkins and beet beet greens and string beans in the uh, all washed and ready to go tied up and I sold young ca- carrots by the bunches, little young ca- carrots with tops on them and just die- tied them up in bunches and, and sold them that way, you know, so I had, I had about everything that you could think of for fresh vegetables, you know, and grand, your great-grandmother made up a, I'd go pick black, blackberries, a couple of five-gallon buckets of blackberries back then was sick. I'd go find me a spot, pick some nice big blackberries, and she would, uh, make up some blackberry jam for me to put on the stand there was a neighbor down the street who had a nice uh, crab apple tree with beautiful uh, little crab apple red pure red crab apples on it and they used to let us uh, they used to let me pick you know pick some of them off and, and your great-grandmother would uh, uh, she'd uh, make up some crab apple uh, jelly and I sold it out there on the stand. She she helped me out that way when I had
4: the farm stand going. Um, I often my job was to when I got home was to make the dessert for for for, for the dinner, so I did lots of cakes and um, cookies and things like that. So um, baking and um, and all of us, all of us worked when it came time for. Planting the garden, everybody was on notice that Memorial Day weekend we were planting the garden and that that's where we would be and we all contributed to uh, it, whether we helped make the rows or we put the corn or the beans in, the phosphate in between, but we all worked on it, whether we did the hoeing, it was all these different tasks. So we all did that and we all, in the summer, were part of the haying crew. And we did loose haying at when, at that time. And um, so um, we were part of, um, whether it was, I remember riding the top of the hay load, like with a pitchfork or whatever, you pitch, pitch, and then helping when you went to put it away. There was a big fork system that we used and attracted that did the pulley system. And it would pick up the loose hay and dump it up into one of the hay mouths And my mother and I were the, where the primary uh, we call them mower we we did the mowing back. you had to sprinkle the hay uh, lightly all around so that it wouldn't create a um the heat that could cause a fire so um my dad always had there's eight there's eight jerseys there, and he always had jerseys and guernseys cause they made uh heavier cream um milk. For, like for butter, whereas Holsteins are like less butter fat. Um, so we always had seven or eight of these Jersey Guernseys for milking purposes. Um, and we always, he always raised a beef cattle for for eating or and maybe a couple of a couple of cows that he sent off to sell for money that may have, that is that is cows. Uh, you know, we'd have the cows um he'd have the vet come and supply the ability for them to have the, the, the calf or whatever. So he, he, they would do that and they would raise those calves and sometimes keep them, but sometimes just send them to market or um, and the beef cattle he didn't he didn't he didn't I don't think he used the calves or whatever for meat, but he always raised a beef a beef animal of some sort. Um, we had pigs. Um, so again, we have, when you have pigs, you have ham and pork and, and you have brine and um, you have all that stuff. So we always had, I don't know how many, you know, a handful, you know, maybe four or five or whatever. We had chickens, lots of chickens. So we had eggs and, um, and then when they got too old or whatever, the chickens became food. Um, as far as crops, we grew everything you can think of in gardens, but at massive, massive gardens. So, you know, potatoes and corn and um, cucumbers and squash and you know just um, peas, um, tomatoes. We just had massive gardens, um, and the squash could be kept you know, in a cooler room. They could be kept all winter. We made maple syrup on lots of trees to t- tap. So we made maple syrup. Uh, I remember the section of time when uh, the kitchen stove was used uh, to boil the maple syrup down. The only problem with that is it um, created heavy hot steam, which tended to bring the wallpaper off, which had to be replaced. Um, they later made a... Um, they made a place across the street. It wasn't our property, but we were given permission to use this sort of teetering shed over there to, as a sap house. And the boys made it into a sap house. Um, and, you know, that would have been just, you know, just your basic pans, um, big cauldrons, um, you know, and a stove. They must have put a stove in over there. Uh, not very, you know... There's not a lot of sophistication to to making maple syrup, more than... um, So we always had, again, this poor family always had maple syrup, real maple syrup. My mother made butter. The story is that she made up to 60 pounds of butter a week. And at the time, um, there were three working stores in North Frybury. There are none there now, but there were three stores, um, so... Um, my mother had, um, butter, brought butter to all those places, so butter through them. Um, so she had one butter press, but that actually, I just recently acquired that butter press and paddle, which were my mom's. And, um, so she had one butter press and this paddle, but she made upwards of 60 pounds of butter a week to sell. Yeah, so it was, it was an enterprise, however whatever large or small it was, it was an enterprise. Well, my family lived, I mean, my dad, the focus was that you, we did all these things so that you could feed your family. So um, my mother was an amazing worker. So um, she had a pressure cooker, which is a lot of a lot of things were preserved then using glass um, jars um, with uh, rubber um, between them. We didn't have a freezer until maybe when I got into high school by then but we didn't have a didn't have a freezer probably before then so she did a lot more canning before the freezer came along and then there was freezing but she um, cooked in, and, and like tomatoes for instance she cooked them up and made what became the tomato tomato sauce with tomatoes in it for goulash for example, so, you know, however many she could make. Pickles, a variety of pickles. So, um, you know, lots of stuff that came out of the garden got uh, eaten up, but um, there was always a plan for the extras to preserve it so it was there for the winter. Um, and we always we always had... Food was not an issue. There was also, at that time... Um, and maybe they have it everywhere, but there was government food um, sources available in town. I distributed it out of um, one of the selectman's house or something. Um, so there you could get the uh, powdered milk and powdered eggs. So a lot of stuff we we baked was we did. We used the powdered milk and the powdered eggs, um, and peanut butter. So like a lot of our lunch boxes, peanut butter would come in these nice cans with a handle. So those became lunch boxes. Um, so we had access we had access to that too. Um, and so um, flour, I don't remember if we got flour. We had to buy that. But it was a lot of, a lot of preserving and food making. My mother was queen out of it. And I have to say that a couple of the boys, um, Dickie, he he preserves food. He does the canning and stuff and things like that now. Um, so some of them that stayed there in the farm and and uh, stayed longer and were more involved in the garden and stuff. Here's one of the Frybrook fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad won lots of these from various vegetables and things that he put in. But so yes, dad. Uh, dad was a you know he was big on the garden so. He would he every year he would have put stuff in the fair he would have probably had a lot of a lot of the stuff in the area where you go into the vegetables and stuff Yep, so he did um and he got quite a few of these things here ribbons there's ribbons that go with these too he had plenty of stuff to work with he was they he liked he liked seeing things grow and be um like good or valuable value so he liked he liked doing that. I remember us going,
6: driving out, and Dad dropped drop us off on the way to work. Out Friday when blueberry season, we'd walk up Pleasant Mountain, pick up blueberries, and walk back out here and meet Dad at night when he come back through with buckets of blueberries cause we used to, Mom used to make canned blueberries, freeze them and all that. We used to go down and get choke cherries on the river in the summer. We planted the gardens. It was busy. You had regular chores we had, like, 20 head of cattle, counting cows and cat, calves and stuff like that. We had chickens and pigs and dogs and cats and, you know, so always busy on the farm doing something. I mean, we made our own, in the wintertime, we'd slide up back. We made our own uh, skidoo, sloops down. We'd cut the bogger down over. We'd take water, buckets of water, and ice it down so we'd get going faster.
3: But we used to have a lot of fun. We had. Cows, my, you know, um, when we was growing up, so we always had milk. We had chickens for eggs, and, and different times. One time, dad raised a bunch of sheep and clipped them, you know, for the wool and sold it back then. We had one time fourteen head of cattle that melt um, and sold the milk. My made butter, cottage cheese, and she was also the town clerk and tax collector for many, many years, um, sold hunting and fishing licenses. You know, as I said, you got eggs and when they got so they didn't lay, I um, would pick out the ones that weren't laying. I'd cut the heads off, she'd pluck them and we'd have either roasted chicken or she'd make a, you know, a chicken soup or, or a stew out of it. And uh, we had the cows because we had, you know, they used to have calves, that's how you get, they have to have calves, and on to get milk. We'd have cows and calves and um, pigs. We used to, uh, me, I, I used to raise all kinds of pigs. I, I used to raise them up and and you know have mother pigs, sows, and having bread and and get little baby pigs out of And I'd sell some, and I'd keep some for myself. I can't never remember any darts, but I can remember Dad one time. Uh, Got some bantams, and then he'd take the he'd take the eggs out of the regular land hens and switch them with the bantam because the bantam was set good to, to to hatch chickens. And he'd switch the eggs out and and put in regular you know chicken eggs, and she'd hatch them. And, and course, they'd be outdoors going around, and she'd be training them, you know, training them lifestyle. And we had that. Uh, I don't know if she was ever over there but there was a little block wall that came down around from the barn and she was down in there with the chicks you know, scratching and teaching them how to, you know, forage and then she flew up onto the stone wall and wanted the little chickens to follow well, they can't, hen can't fly Uh, she was madder in hell because she couldn't get them chickens to get up onto that, fly up onto that stone wall (laughs) you know, Dad. You know, then when they got big enough, put them in with the regular heads and you know, he was hatching out his own chicks instead of buying them. I can remember that.
5: Oh yeah, different. Different than it is today. That's all. It's like, we lived a time of, uh, from there to now, it was like two different eternities as far as how the money was. Uh, if we wanted to go there, we just took off and walked. Today, you wouldn't think of nothing. To walk me here over to corner. That was that was nothing. <laughs> you know, we needed a loaf of bread down store. We walked down two or three miles. <laughs> yeah. This has been
0: the Perry Farm a family oral history podcast about six siblings experienced growing up on a farm in Chatham, New Hampshire during the mid 20th century. Thank you to my interviewees, Louise, Carl, Lawrence, George, Bill, and Dick Perry. This podcast is part of Ashley Vigentic's Communications Studies Capstone Project through Colby Sawyer College. New episodes will be uploaded weekly until April, 2021. Please share this project on social media with friends and family to show some love. Check out my website, AshleyPagentic.com, for more content. The music in this episode is by Dr. Turtle and Jason Shaw and can be found on the Free Music Archive and linked in the podcast description. Until next time!